Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast. I'm sorry I've been away for so long. I've got a real life and bands and work and boring things. But I'm back. Hopefully I'll do a lot more coming up. I've got some cool podcasts lined up. But welcome back for another week. A monumentous episode. Episode 60. Oh my god. I know I've been pretty slack of late, but 60 episodes, pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, This week, my guest is Steve Cohen. Steve plays in a band called Flower. He used to be in a band called Cut Sick, and he's an amazing artist and owns a screen printing company called Too Far Gone that do mad screen prints, uh, which is sick. Um, And yeah. He's a great dude. I've known him for a, quite a long time. He's been, he's drawn some uh, designs for I Exist and printed a lot of, uh, you know, shirts for us and other things and plays in sick bands. Um, so yeah, I went and talked to Steve at his little shop front area of his uh, warehouse where he does his screen printing and we had some beers and talked about music and art and it was really cool. Um, Steve, I mean, aside from bands and screen printing he's also got an art show at the moment um with um some of the art that he does and as well as another artist named ben brown which we talk about he talks about that in the podcast i won't go too ham about it but if you want to check out um the show it's called left of the dial and it's at 82 stanley street in collingwood at the rvca corner gallery um he says more details about it in there so listen to the podcast and you hear some more about it. Um, but yeah, it was a good chat. It was fun getting back into it. It was also cool having a dog sitting next to me the whole time. That was pretty mad. Uh, you know, <laughs> dogs are cool. Um, but yeah, so enjoy episode 60 of the Oblivious Maximus podcast. Um, and before you enjoy that, I guess I'm in a new band called Mental Cavity with some of the guys from I Exist. We put a EP out a couple weeks ago now. You can listen to it on Bandcamp or Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen to music um, on the internet. Yeah, Mental Cavity. Check that out. Uh, We're playing some shows. I'll talk about that in the next podcast, I guess. But if you want to follow Mental Cavity, you can see all that stuff. It's on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere. So, yeah, do your work, I guess. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Please enjoy uh, episode 60 of the uh, Oblivious Maximus podcast with Steve Cohen from Flower and Too Far Gone. Brutal! Steve, thank you for doing my podcast for giving me the pleasure of doing it. <laughs> it's all right. Thank you for hosting me in your shop. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So start all of them the same. How did you first find an interest in music? Uh, skateboarding, I reckon. Yep. Um, I had a skateboard and then well, my dad took me to buy my first skateboard at Yodgy's in Mooney Ponds. Yep. On Puckle Street. And being the generous guy he is, <laughs> I thought I needed to go home with a, what he thought was an instructional video. Ah, <laughs> that's huge. Which turned out to be, um, yeah, I mean, it had heaps of good music on it that I got super into. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, stuff like Slayer, uh, Ramones, The Who, Ace of DC, The Adverts. Had you heard, like, alty sort of music before then? Yeah, I, get, I mean, like, maybe, like, The Living End was a band I was into. Yeah. Green Day a little bit. But it didn't make me want to start a band or grow my hair or anything like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was only when I heard, shit, you know, um, Harley heard music and I'm listening to the adverts now. Yeah. And Black Flag, like, that it's was... a real shock to the system. It was, yeah. I was like, well, this is fucking badass. Yeah. Did your family <laughs> listen to much music? Or was it, like, no. music in the home? No, not no. at all. The best I got before that was my dad cranking simply red (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, like there was soulful tones. There was no no music going on at all, which was I don't know. Well, I guess I was like fourteen at that point. Yeah, and where where'd you go to school? I went to school in uh, Essendon at Buckley Park College. Yeah, and what was the like (coughs) environment like there for you as a kid who liked? starting to like that sort of stuff well there was a lot of skateboarders there so i guess i kind of just fell in with that bunch of people yeah um they weren't from what i can remember heavily into music it was more just skateboarding yeah right and then when i got started buying skate videos and stuff like kind of started pushing that kind of shit onto my friends yeah just listen to this music yeah Yeah. I mean a lot of them didn't seem to care that much which was annoying I mean I I wanted to skate as much as they did but I also wanted to play music at the same time yeah (laughs) and so was like the first inkling of playing that around school then as well no it took probably another year or so for my parents to even consider buying me a guitar yeah Um, there's a guy that lived across the road who was probably 18 or some shit like that which I thought he was pretty cool he yeah. had long hair and he always had his long haired friends over and they'd just be playing music in their garage it was like the kind of new metal shit I didn't care about but I just thought it was sick that there was someone playing like loud music across yeah, the yeah. road and my dad has to start work at 3 in the morning so he fucking hated them <laughs> which is why he would <laughs> never buy me a guitar because yeah, yeah, he, sure. he didn't want me to turn out like those guys yeah. <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> Because, yeah, I mean, he'd be yelling out the window to shut, shut up at, like, you know, midnight all the time. He They can't hear him, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you played a loud guitar. He's got a, he's got a vent at some yeah. <laughs> But was that... Yeah, do you think that played into it as well a little bit, though? Yeah, definitely. I thought what they were doing was badass. Yeah. And I didn't ever want to be someone that started work at three in the morning. Yeah. You know, I thought that was kind of lame. But now I also appreciate his work ethic and what he had to do to bring us up i guess yeah so well, it's different the best you, of both worlds maybe that's good <laughs> i mean it's different how you see it. I, I had this i had the same thing with you know like i when i was a kid i could have thought of nothing worse than like doing a job that meant i had to sit at a computer yeah totally now that's how i yep. make my living <laughs> yeah for sure you know? yep. like <laughs> it's sort of it happens but it's just, i guess it's like how you frame the rest of your life around it yeah is what you got to do but um so what was like the first thing that pushed you into playing music then the thing that got me into actually wanting because you know listening to listening to someone like the ramones you know it was more like well they look cool they look like a gang yeah that i wish i could be that but it just seems unreachable you know Mm -hmm. because i've never been to new york city yeah and I probably didn't and Essendon's it, a little bit different totally and, <laughs> no, and I you know never thought I could ever get there um but yeah so I used to have to catch the bus home from Essendon Station there was a record store there and I found this um CD by the Hard-Ons and uh yeah I think that was what made me actually realise I could do it yeah cause you, you open it I, I just spent 20 bucks I took a gamble cause I thought they're wearing Ramones t-shirts on the back. They got long hair, which I didn't think was like a punk rock thing to do at the time. Yeah. Like actual long hair. Like yeah. they look like hippies in punk band t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. Which I had long hair too, so I thought that was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you see flyers inside the records and they're thanking the tote and shit like that with places I had been to underage gigs before. So I was like, whoa, fuck, I've been to these places. Yeah. So then all of a sudden... This is reachable for it me. It seemed achievable, you know? Yeah. And, you know, they thank bands like the Meanies and Tumbleweed and stuff like that, who I got into after seeing that, who also um, would play places like The Tote um, in Melbourne. So, yeah, it just seemed really achievable. Yeah. So, and, you know, the recordings sound like shit. So, you you don't have to sound like the production quality of, like, Guns N' Roses or something. Yeah. Well, I think that, that was a huge thing for me, too, was, like, hearing you know like i guess as you listen to music your taste gets a little bit more refined or whatever and it gets a little bit like you know you pinhole yourself a bit more like you start at acdc and then you end up somewhere totally and i had a similar thing where like 
I think that the, the moment of realization for me was like hearing bands that I like, you know, idolize now, but like hearing bands like I Hey God and go like, oh, I can play guitar like that bad. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it'd be awesome. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. You know, totally. and like, I don't know if that's lazy or just what no, sounds good to my ears. I think it's more of a real attitude to have. Yeah. But in bands like that, you know, so you listen to, say, look at it say Metallica record for example they're most for the most part they're not showing that much support for other bands I no. guess in a way that's more about their own band because yeah, yeah. they've got competition and they want to stay at the top Yeah. whereas you get into more underground music and you see that they like support their friends bands by wearing t-shirts or thanking them on the records yeah yeah so you well, can get into other shit through that yeah and I've been, like I Hate God they do the same kind of shit so. yeah yeah and you realize that there is kind of some kind of scene going on and it makes you feel a part of something in a way, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that, that like people wearing band shirts was like before the internet, at least before the internet was like a big deal. Yeah. Like I think people, I've talked about on this before, but I think people sort of like my age bracket are like just the end of like everything being on the internet. Yeah. Like I, right after me is when that happened. hundred percent. Like, but I was still like, you know, getting the Roadrunner mail order thing sent to me and like, similarly like watch band music videos and then like, oh, this person wearing this shirt. So then I'll listen to that band. Yeah. And then that's how I found out about bands, you know? Yeah, for sure. From like weird stuff like that. You'd see like, be 15 in the city I mean, what, this is 2003, maybe. Yeah. For me, anyway. Uh, I guess if you saw, like, a bunch of dudes that look like punks at Flinders Street Station, you started talking to them. Yeah. And they were your friends kind of thing. Yeah. Not everything was there on the internet. No. Which, you know, it's cool now as well, but it was cool then. I mean, it was it was good then. Yeah, I yeah. I like that. If I see someone at the su- supermarket with a black flag shirt in 2003 I'm going to talk to them yeah yeah whereas now I'm going to be like whatever I'll fucking probably friends with you on Facebook or some shit <laughs> yeah. I don't know you know what I mean like, yeah yeah <laughs> or I know your best friend from somewhere yeah yeah totally yeah, yeah it's, it, it is weird and I mean I think I think that too like I for sure when I was younger maybe it's an age thing too but like for sure if I went to a show I would have no problem just going up and talking to someone about <clears> that Man, I love that band. Yeah. And then now, like... Well, that's how you formed friendships before yeah. the internet. Yeah. Which, Whereas now I'm like, I couldn't think of anything worse yeah, than going up to someone and trying to talk to them It's like that. it's necessary evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's come around. Yeah. Um, but so what was, like, your way of, like, getting into playing music with people <clears> then? So did you just, like, well, fall into <clears> a band or how did that yeah, happen? Yeah, so... <clears throat> uh, a guy I caught the bus home from school with, he went to a, he didn't go to my school. I just would talk to him on the bus because he lived in the same suburb as me. Mm. Turned out he played drums. And then <clears throat> Rob, I just met him at Eston Station because he had a mohawk at the time. Yep. Um, he, he, like, he played guitar, so he was in the band. And he knew a guy that he went to school with at Nidri Tech that played bass. So that was the band. Mm. We were a band before we even jammed. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, a, a drummer, a bass player, another guitarist, and you don't know who's going to sing, but fuck it, we were, we've got a band. Yeah, you just figure it out. And I'm pretty sure we went to school the next day all telling everyone that we were in a band. <laughs> and never even fucking written a song before, yeah. but I had a band. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't think we jammed for like another two weeks when we could all get together, <laughs> but we were definitely building like, I mean, I was telling everyone that I was in a band. I felt a part of something. It was pretty sick. Yeah. And what did that what did that end up becoming for you then? Uh, that was I guess we just jammed in the garage at Rob's house for like two years. Yeah, didn't do any. I didn't go anywhere. You know. Yeah. Um, drummer, we were pretty. Bru- me and Rob were like ruthless. Like, drummer was like kind of too busy with school, so mm. we were like, "Fuck you, you're out." <laughs> that shit's you gotta lame. Commit, man. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, who he knew this guy that he was met on the train who had a motorhead shirt which is matt and he told me i met this dude with a motorhead shirt i was like fuck that's sick 
<laughs> he plays drums. So he was in the band. Yeah. And then bass player was, you know, got a girlfriend or whatever and then couldn't practice maybe once. So we're like, fuck that guy. He's out of the band. <laughs> it was just a ruthless <laughs> Yeah, we were, that's all we wanted to do, you know. Fuck yeah. it. And um, the guy I went to school with, Alex, he got a bass. So he, and he had long hair, which was sick. So he was in the band. <laughs> The criteria for being in and being out are so slim. Oh, back then it is, but yeah, totally. <laughs> Mad headshot, long hair. Yeah. Girlfriend school. Never heard you play before, but that's enough for me. You're yeah. in the band. Because <clears throat> you didn't, like, you grew up in the suburbs. Like, you had to take, they were in the band. Yeah, you know? yeah, that was you all you could get. Was, you, know what? you couldn't be picky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was either that guy or you were going to get your ass kicked on the train by, you know, 20 other people. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was pretty funny. That, um, sorry, yeah, that band eventually turned into Cut Sick. Yeah, right. We started after, I mean, I guess after high school, that kind of turned into a real thing. The drummer, I think he was doing uni by that point. So we were like, fuck that, you're out again, <laughs> still being ruthless. <laughs> and still then cutting people. Yeah, we met Max and he was pumped that you know I was drawing pictures of people skateboarding and shit <laughs> so yeah and then yeah that turned into cut sick so so when when that band started though like where did that band start at like musically no I mean I couldn't play guitar Rob showed me how to play guitar pretty yeah. much he was he grew up in a musical family like you go to his house it was awesome because I'd go from my house where there's no music at all just like a military style <laughs> get to Rob's house and his dad's like walking around with no shirt on and there's like 50 guitars in the lounge room oh wow so that and he's just cranking the Beatles yeah that's sick you know so that was really good then he had a basement where we would jam he had a his dad had a drum kit set up there and there was amps and everything already ready to go yeah that's fucking mad so yeah that was that was really cool for me because I definitely was not allowed to have that shit at home mm. so yeah, I guess that's how that happened. Yeah. And what sort of music were you got? Like, were you... Like, obviously, when everyone starts, you're learning songs and shit. But, like, did you get into writing songs and stuff quickly? Or? Straight away, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't play. So, I think trying to learn other people's songs was not really yeah, a possibility for me. Yeah. So, I just learned the basic chords and just made up songs from that. And I'm still the same. Like, I don't really... I don't know how to play too many other songs. It's always just been my own songs. You know? Yeah. Oh, I'm the same. I'm so bad at learning. Uh, other than like, if I'm playing with friends' band yeah, yeah, yeah. and they can teach me, yeah, totally. then I can learn songs. Sure. But I cannot learn no, songs No, I can't. Like yeah, definitely. It's like good and bad, I guess. Because I know freak guitarists that just sit in their bedroom all day and learn other people's songs, but yeah. then have never played a show. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, but I've or never, have never written a song. Oh, themselves. never written a song. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's like there's nothing. There's I don't see any creativity there. It's cool that you can play, but I'd rather, in a way, be able to just play and write an album's worth of songs. Yeah, sure. Or you know, many albums worth of songs. <laughs> <laughs> a couple now. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, what what did that? How did that sort of like? manifest itself though what sort of stuff were you writing was at the it- time it was just shitty three chord punk which i yeah. mean i'm still still do <laughs> i don't think i've progressed that much as i just got better at playing power chords yeah <laughs> you don't have to look so much anymore yeah, yeah totally <laughs> i could do it in the dark yeah <laughs> um no it's just you end up figuring out how to write a song so you you know figure out like proper structures and stuff like that yeah um it's just kind of street punk shit we were started with and then I don't feel like we with Cut Sick anyway when it evolved into that I don't feel like we changed the way we played too much it was just you get a drummer that's going to play four times faster than the one you've got Yeah, you have to keep the up songs it's going to sound different anyway <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. you know that's how it changed into that but yeah yeah and so did like do you feel like it all I guess the thing for me was the only time I ever really felt like I needed to get better or like practice or anything was because of playing music with friends. Like it was, yeah. I I think I just got better 
what I was doing because of doing it with those people. Totally. Like I, it wasn't like something I cared about, really. I when you know when I got a, when my parents got me my first guitar, I was like, oh, we got to get you lessons, and I was psyched on it because I thought I could learn, you know, how to play TNT by ACDC or some yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they start putting, you know musical notes in front of you it's like i don't give i don't care about this shit i just want to be able to play the song yeah that i want to learn <laughs> um <clears throat> so i didn't enjoy that at all but I, I learned way more from like watching rob just play and seeing him do that yeah and you know writing songs and stuff and being able to play that i learned a lot more from doing that than i did like, yeah for my parents paying like 60 bucks for half an hour to sit in a room with some 50 year old dude that i didn't care about <laughs> And I knew he didn't give a shit about any of the music I listened to. Mm. He fucking gave me Surfing with the Alien by Joe Satriani. Dude. And told me to sit in my room and listen to it. We, we must have had the exact same guitar <laughs> teacher. Oh, that kind of made me hate music after I heard that. Well, I... I hated rem- it so bad. <laughs> it sounded like a computer game. I remember going in... Well, because I, I guess I had started playing guitar when I was like a kid. Like my mum bought me a guitar when i was like seven because yep. my mum had played guitar okay and she knew like chords and things and she was like oh you know you can play guitar i think i played guitar for maybe like a month yep. and i was like this hurts my hands i'm not doing this yeah you got to build those calluses yeah. up <laughs> and then i spent like six years probably between like yeah oh maybe like five years like playing every other different instrument under the sun okay yeah to then end up playing guitar back at guitar yeah. and then but i had a similar thing where like okay so now i play guitar i may as well get guitar lessons had the same thing i went in and i was the guy was like what music do you like i like metal yep all right you <laughs> gotta listen to joe satriani oh, like gross here is here is surfing with the alien so, now go home and learn this i like, mean it'd be cool to play like that don't get me wrong <laughs> but that shit is just boring yeah it is it's very god whack. damn it um, but it's so it's funny no too. heart like, and soul in that at all no but I think like that is almost it's almost a good thing getting shown stuff like that yeah from an early age because then you know what you gotta be the opposite of totally like, <laughs> for sure that, and that's probably why I ran to something like it gives you attitude yeah like <laughs> I ran to something like I had got it was like yep. literally they play on three strings that's all they need like yeah, totally. that's fucking awesome yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's all i need yeah it makes you feel like figure out what's real and what isn't yeah real quick um well okay so you mentioned before doing art and stuff let's talk about that so yeah. how did how was that like did that become part of your sort of life earlier than music and things like that or yeah i always i always drew when i was younger mm. but it was just like um, <clears throat> either I'd look out my bedroom window and draw the house across the road or um, set up a table at the front of my own house and draw that. Yeah, right. Or like sit in the kitchen and fucking draw the oven. Yeah, right. Know, just draw whatever I was looking at. Yeah, sure. Um, or, you know, I would have like... I was telling someone this the other day, I remember like watching some teenage... Mutant Ninja Turtles like VHS when I was probably six or something mm. pressing pause and like trying to draw what was on the screen cause yeah right I can't just like google it <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean it wasn't something you could trace back then no yeah exactly yeah um, so I guess I, I always drew and then <clears throat> I'd never thought about drawing for the band until I um, or drawing for a band at all until I started seeing like hard-ons and meanings flyers and stuff like that. And, you know, realizing that the people in the band are the ones that are doing it. Yeah. So it's like, well, I can not only play the music, but I can be responsible for the image behind the music as well. Yeah. And, you know, that, fuck, that trying to change my life, I think. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I guess that's it. I think that's another huge thing about getting into the that sort of alternative style whatever all encompassing you know alternative music is like it's DIY yeah and but as well like the imagery is almost as much as important yeah. as you know as the music is like big time and like so like a band I guess a big one for me with that like yeah seeing those old Slayer albums yep. was like holy shit 
this is like the most brutal thing in the world. Totally. And, sure. you know, obviously it gets a lot more brutal than Slayer. But yeah. at the same time, like when I was fucking well, you have to 13, cre- yeah. like, you know, that was crazy. Yeah, big time. It's like gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> like creating an image behind what the music sounds like is, it's like, it's awesome. Yeah. Because you don't, it's not just thinking about the music. It's like you think about something else. Yeah. You know, at the same time. Yeah. And well, and then you, I think... I don't like bands that have shit artwork. They no. put out a record and the cover looks like some some shit on like did on Microsoft Word. Yeah. That's that's so annoying. It's whack. It's like what you so you're gonna put your band's name to this shit? Yeah. Like that's you could I, be the greatest band ever, but then if you, I see some shit record cover that sucks so bad, I just don't care. I remember like even before the you know, everyone got around even before I got to that age where everyone I knew hated the Black Album by Metallica, yeah, I remember thinking to myself like, "This isn't going to be good," <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it doesn't have yeah like m- mad art. Yeah, totally. For I don't sure. care that it's like a statement or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, totally. I don't uh, like what I want from it is brutal stuff or Definitely, whatever you know. Like, for sure. Like I want it to be a shirt. I have plain black shirts big time yeah yeah Yeah, i remember like being younger and you know again this is before the internet you're in a record store and you're like i've heard about this band um and there might be five l there might be the whole discography in front of you and you don't know which one to get because you never heard them but you've heard they're good i'm going with the one with the best record cover yeah or the first one <laughs> but <Yeah>. like whatever <laughs> it's probably going to be the one with the best record cover because then I get to look at something as well yeah and if the record sucks you still have kind of some cool picture <laughs> yeah. well I, I think and I, I think that's another thing about the time where you know back other than like shops like Sanity or whatever which is a place I would never go to after I started getting into I guess like prop, what I would call like proper music yeah for sure there was nowhere else where you could listen to the CDs or whatever. You just had to go like, totally. Ah, well this, I know that this magazine or whatever, or this person wearing this shirt said, this is sick. Yeah. So this picture (coughs) is cool. And the song titles are fucking mad. So I'll just buy this one. Yeah. I guess. Totally. I remember, um, cause I, I grew up in Taylor's lakes, even though I went to school in Eston, but Mm. Say before I knew about Missing Link or a real record store, they had um, <clears throat> fuck I can't remember Sandy or In the Two Music. Remember that shit? Yeah. <laughs> they had um, Ramones Mania. I was like the best of kind of thing or whatever. Mm. And um, I think that they had the cover, but they couldn't find the disc, so they had to order it in. Yeah, right. So I had to just gone to Miss. If I had known about Missing Link, I would have got it instantly. But I remember having to wait like three weeks for these fuckers to order it in for me. <laughs> just like waiting for this phone call on my parents like landline phone that my Ramones best of CDs in (laughs) hurry the fuck up (laughs) every single day how can it be so hard to guess (laughs) well I thought at the time it was some obscure shit but that's only because all I had was like sanity or whatever it was yeah no I think that that's another thing for me was like um, yeah like there was a big good record store in Canberra but I didn't know that because I never went to the city of Canberra. Right, like yeah, I would yeah. just hang out at like the little town area yeah, yeah, near yeah. where I lived. Totally. What was the one in the city called? Impact Records. Okay. It's yeah. now it's now turned into primarily a comic book store, but it's still like it's unreal that it's it basically the shop where it was, they sold it to JB Hi Fi. Right. And instead of trying to compete, they when it was a record store it was half records half comics okay and then when it became a record store they were like fuck it we'll just become a comic book store we hate music we love comics yeah (laughs) but it's like this sick comic book store now and it's doing the same thing that it did with records but but with comics yeah cool you know so you got obscure stuff yeah yeah that's cool but like I remember at the time like going there and buying like you know like a $40 Sepultura shirt yeah and like you know, I would spend, I would save for like two months to buy like a shirt yeah. and two CDs. Yeah, totally. And then wear the shirt every day and listen to yeah. the two CDs every day. Like, but that, that was the same thing. Like when I found and like, or like got introduced to that as a place, I was like, oh, this is unreal. 
despite the fact that it's like thinking about it now like the cds would have been so fucking expensive yeah back they, when there wasn't as many distributors or totally. whatever you know like yeah you don't think about that shit at the time yeah like she's never like thought about business or anything no like that. no whereas like now you can get everything from jb hi-fi or whatever you know most everything yeah and it's like 15 bucks yep. whereas <laughs> when i uh, like i mean i remember paying like I think even sometimes like $50 for CDs that were like obscure imported death metal yeah, shit totally. or whatever, you know? Like, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. It's funny how that shit's like gone down in price, but everything else is going up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the value of death metal yeah. has been considerably <laughs> decreased. decreased. <laughs> oh, well. Um, but yeah, so so like with with that imagery and stuff, creating artwork and stuff like that, yeah. what, what was sort of the <coughs> stuff that influenced you heaps when you started doing it for like your own band uh it was the hard-ons and the meanies straight up yeah um and then later on when i discovered um probably not that much later on i guess um discovered a band like mass appeal um ben brown did all their artwork yeah that was a big one because like ray and link's drawings hard-ons and meanies are like cool but ben's shit was more like pusshead yeah. Which is kind of brutal but funny at the same time. Sure. There's <clears throat> like skulls and, you know, dead shit, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that So Ben was probably the big one um, for me personally. Yeah. But, you know, like stuff like Pusshead, who was doing Metallica, Mad Mark Rude, um, who did like the Misfits Earth AD record cover and some other stuff. Yeah. Robert Crumb. Just all these like, you know cartoon kind of guys yeah and was that was that the kind of stuff that you were feeling like you were capable of drawing yeah a part of well not only did you get the the picture but they told stories as well and it wasn't like lame like some comic superhero comic book shit yeah it was like that's what kind of made me forge real ideas you know in my own head Mm. just seeing say a lot of Ben's stuff even um, seeing Black Flag Flyers um, you've probably seen them before like yeah. they're pretty pretty gnarly yeah yeah it's always, te- it's always text based shit so starting with a text idea and then creating the actual picture around that yeah is a big thing for me and flyers have a lot of text on them so yeah you gotta work within yeah, that exactly. yeah exactly even now if I draw a picture that doesn't have text <laughs> on it I feel real weird because I grew up <laughs> Doing yeah, doing it flyers, like that. so yeah. I have to have writing on it, you know. Well, I think a uh, really, I think it's something that I guess you you don't really get if you're not a part of doing stuff like this. But I think, like, we're, all right, so you know, to paint a picture for people who are listening to this, we're sitting in a room with a ton of fucking flyers in it, right? <laughs> Basically, a ton of shirts and a ton of flyers. You can't see the walls. You can't much. see the walls. But so that's like. I had the same thing where like the st- the images that I liked came from flyers. Yeah. And a lot of the time they weren't from records. Someone had just drawn this cool flyer. Yeah. And it's still a thing now where I'm like, you know, say like, you know, if, if I see like a really cool print or something, I buy it and frame it and yep. hang it up. <clears throat> but then, and then like that is probably bizarre to people you know, because I don't hang up a flyer for a show that I've been to. Yeah, yeah, totally. But if I like the picture, you know, and it's yeah, this yeah. awesome thing, I'll definitely buy it or whatever. Yeah, sometimes the mystery is better than the actual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been a shit show. That show would have been fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe in 20 years, I wish I never threw out some of the flyers <laughs> of shows I've been to. <laughs> well, yeah, me too, probably. Fuck, I wish I could have framed that shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I always think that too, whenever I, like, I, at one point when I was very naive and younger was like, I would keep like every flyer that I had for shows that I played. Yeah. I found an old uh, scrapbook worth of shit the other day of stuff like that. Well, and then embarrassing. Yeah, it is a little bit. And then, (laughs) but then at some point along the line, I guess when I started playing more and more shows, I was like, I don't want to keep all these fucking flyers. Like I don't need them. I feel like I've probably thrown out a couple of those books, but I randomly found one the other day. (laughs) Had some gold in it. Didn't throw it out. I kept it. (laughs) I might as well salvage something. Yeah, look back on it. Um, 
But so, did you? Was that something that like grew with you as music grew? Then, like your the style that you had and the outlook that you had. Do you think? Like the artwork stuff. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Like like you said before, if you if you're writing music that sounds dark, then the picture you're gonna draw for that is, you know, some people might be able to get away with drawing some happy ass picture <laughs> with a brutal soundtrack behind sure. it. But I kind of wanted everything to be in unison, so I was trying to draw like stuff that suited it yeah so yeah i guess so but now you know band the band i'm in now is doesn't sound that brutal so the drawings are you know not as hectic looking i suppose yeah but does that has that given you then like do you need to like think about what you're doing a bit more then or like do you Mm. approach it differently not really because it's like just a progression yeah i guess i'm not like some angsty teenager anymore so (laughs) i don't necessarily feel the need to say or draw some shit I've done you know 10 years ago yeah and I guess it's just being a little bit smarter about it I'm not really I don't really feel comfortable with drawing like a guy getting stabbed in the face or something like (laughs) I might have done when I was 18 because I thought that's what you did you had to do yeah you know what I mean it's just like my ideas have evolved more yeah totally like I said before the mystery is better than the actual yeah so making people like think this could potentially happen in a drawing yeah is way better than the actual gory side of it I think yeah you know and when, like, like when, when did that turn into then so I guess like you uh, like I guess a lot of that would have come for you then off drawing stuff for yourself yeah but how did that like roll into then you doing stuff for other people oh I guess people just saw it around on the street or at um, gigs or on t-shirts or whatever like that yeah um, somehow got my email or probably phone number back then yeah, <laughs> yeah. and would just call me and ask me to do shit for them yeah and was that like was that something that you were like stoked on at the time or was it hard separating yourself from it a little bit I think at the time it was cool because you're like whoa I'm finally getting some recognition around <laughs> here <laughs> after all these pictures yeah yeah um but then you just get one too many people that have ideas that I just don't want to do Yeah. that might, you know, end up making it not be fun anymore. Sure. So now I guess if someone wants me to do something for them, I'm definitely always open for it. But if I don't like your idea, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know, like someone wants, I want a skull with like, candy bar crossbones yeah it's like i don't fucking do that man yeah. sorry like <laughs> that's not what i'm drawing i'm really sorry that, that i can't do that for you yeah i'm just not doing that shit yeah but, but, i mean that, i don't feel bad about that at all it's no, just like i, I don't do that. Like, that that would be like coming up to you and going i'm like, not an architect so i'm not going to draw you a fucking blue like blueprint yeah but that, that would be the same <laughs> as coming up to you and going like oh hey mate you know i really like the fact that you uh play guitar so could you um do you want to write me a surfing with the alien type Yeah, exactly. Song? Yeah, it's like, like you've got to know what you're asking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what so- someone's capable of doing, I guess. Yeah. Um, but did, did was that like something that... Sorry, you go. I was just going to say, it's a personal thing as well. So yeah. like, yeah, sure, people do want it, but I have to, I'm also trying to please myself as well. Yeah, for sure. Otherwise, it would just be some shit job that I don't want to do. Yeah. And I'm trying real hard to not make it that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and and a lot of people get stuck in that. That yeah. becomes, I mean, I'm sure, you know, we have a lot of, you know, similar friends and people we know, but like, like I'm sure a lot of the people that we know definitely do shit that they don't like. Yeah. Because they got to make money. Totally. And that, like, I... I I'm sure they feel that that sucks, you know? For sure. I, I'm just lucky in a way that the um, screen printing side of it is yeah. like the actual business, you know? Yeah. And then drawing is just my own little thing that I do. So mm. if I choose not to do something, then it's fine with me because I'm just trying to please myself on yeah, that behalf, for sure. you know? So when did, when, when did that become a thing that was a, like necessary for you to do? Was it through band <coughs> stuff as well? Yeah, so first band I was in which we were talking about before you just reach this point where you've played a number of shows and you've drawn all these pictures and you like you might have some band money going on yeah it's like 
well, we should get t-shirts, mm. like, because everyone else does. Yeah. <clears throat> Steve, draw the fucking t-shirt. It's like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, here's the picture. Yeah, I'd spend like four hours on it then, which I don't do. I spend a lot longer now. But yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, not having... I didn't even have a computer then, so I didn't even know what screen printing was. I fucking didn't... I had no idea. Yeah. So, <clears throat> remember going to Rob's house. I probably didn't even have credit, so I just had to get the bus to his house. <laughs> <coughs> With the actual hard copy of the picture. Yeah. Hey, this is the t-shirt. He's like, sick. What do we do now? Like, I don't fucking know. What How do, do we do get now? it from paper yeah, to a totally. t-shirt? It's like, don't, I'm not drawing this shit a hundred times on different t-shirts. Like, surely there's an easier way. Yeah. And he's like, I think it's screen printing. I was like, all right, um, let me sort this out. So I just went back to my high school because the only, the only teacher that I felt appreciated me was my art teacher. Yeah. So I went back when I knew it was going to be lunchtime and just I felt so lame doing this but I guess it worked out I just asked at the front office if um, Miss Sachinides was there I got taken into the little foyer thing or whatever she came in and I was like hey I drew this picture how do I get it on the shirt she's like oh it's screen printing I'm like yeah, yeah that's what Rob said but what the fuck is that <laughs> what is it <laughs> yeah she and she just you know I should have already known this. she's like go to an art shop and ask them because they have all the shit there yeah so I went to an art shop at Essen Station and, um, you know, spent a bunch of money on all this shit I had no idea what to do with mm. and just kind of figured it out, you know. I think he went to a friend's house, used their computer, did some, like, slight research and then next thing I know, I was printing shirts on my mum's kitchen table in the garage. Yeah. And did that, it was that how it sort of rolled into a, a job for you? Yeah, from no, there? big time. Because, dude, seeing like something you've drawn on a piece of paper to now like on, you know, what, there must have been like 10 shirts that mm. were just like laid out on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, fuck, that's sick. Like, yeah, yeah. Whoa, it's like, I didn't even have to redraw this 10 times. It's just there. <laughs> I love the thought <clears throat> that must have gone through your mind. It was so dumb. It's like that you had to draw an hundred. No, shirts. well, that's what. That's just me. I was like, I didn't even think about anything else. Like, how the fuck do I get this on on this thing? Because I didn't know. Yeah. And just yeah, seeing that, and then having friends be psyched that to to buy and wear a shirt that I drawn. Yeah. You know, I was getting text messages all the time. Oh, I saw this guy wearing one of your shirts. I was like, whoa, that's kind of a cool feeling. Yeah. I don't really. It doesn't. I don't care that much anymore but like then it was sick yeah and did that then become something that like you were like okay this is this is what I yeah, can do like, for work I drew another one probably two weeks later that had four colours in it yeah so then I went and bought three more screens yeah and then just like figured out how to do it mm. and then next thing I know we had a shirt with four colours on it which I guess not many people around did yeah because that shit's expensive for sure but when you're doing it yourself you can kind of save some money on labor you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then it just you know we'd sell those we'd do 20 of them or whatever as many as I could do without fucking them all up and Mm. then I'll just draw another one and another one and and then from selling them at gigs and having people that also didn't have shirts or whatever would be like where'd you get those done say I did them and then Next thing I know, I'm getting emails and phone calls with other people's artwork and I'm just doing them for, you know, a lot of bands we played with. Yeah. And then drawing pictures for other bands too. So literally just started like that. Yeah. <clears throat> and after a while, I was like, you know, I, I didn't want to do anything. I hated everything. Yeah. Like work-wise. Yeah. <laughs> I was like washing dishes. I worked at fucking Domino's for a little bit, delivering pizzas. Uh, worked in some factories all these shit would last like three weeks before you know either we had we had to we had shows say in Brisbane or some shit or we had band practice and I just felt like you know people you work with don't understand what you're doing so when you say you're in a band they're like what pretty good money in that or are you getting chicks or something just some dumb shit so I just quit these jobs because I didn't want to have these shitty conversations with just <laughs> dumbass bogans. Like, yeah. So I'd be like, well, we're going to Brisbane. I hate this job. I'm just not going to tell them that I'm going away and then I'm not coming back and then I'll just get some other shit job when I get back. Yeah, yeah. So the screen printing thing just turned into my own job just through like people that I 
know and respect like asking me to do it so yeah it was yeah i mean it's been amazing yeah and i have everyone to thank <laughs> yeah. for that well i mean like <clears throat> it, it, it's like it's one of those things too but i mean even for someone who just you know plays music in a band having people that you know that do stuff is like the best fucking thing in the world totally. because there's nothing worse than like like you know you said before like there was a point in my life where similar to yourself i was like how the fuck do i make a shirt yeah and then it was like you know you know the first time i did it was shit and then the second time I did yeah. it was shit and then like play a bunch more shows and then you know someone like yourself or other people come along they're like oh someone does this i'll just ask them to do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well it's just i think it's like almost testament to my personality where i didn't even think to ask anyone else yeah that <laughs> like to how to do it i just kind of thought i had to do it myself cause yeah I figured every, you know, that's how you get shit done. Yeah. Well, but, but, but I mean, without, without, so, I mean, it's Could the Could have been thing. so much different if I had to just ask someone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I think similarly as well, like it's with the same with like, you know, the first time you ever recorded something like that was the same with me. Like, oh, this one dude I know who knows this dude yeah, who, yeah, yeah. who owns a mixing desk. Yeah. Totally. So he somehow has figured out how to record. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Okay. So he's the guy he's that you go to that, record. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, know, yeah. Like, Big time. And I think even now as like an adult that has, you know, like yourself has been doing stuff like this for a while, you still end up back at the same place. Yeah. Like totally. you've printed shirts for my band. You've yeah, done yeah. pictures for my band. Yeah. I've record with people that i'm friends with totally. like yeah, yeah. the people it, that have put out our records yeah, yeah. people i'm friends with we're like, all on the same level yeah. that's what's good about it you know yeah but i guess so what's what's like i mean okay so a thing that's relevant to right now is you just had this art show yep last week and so how how is like would you have ever imagined when you were doing cutting shirts that at some point you'd have an art show not no not with uh ben brown yeah hell no fuck no <laughs> that's a big fuck no right there <laughs> he and was so, my idol yeah oh that's sick he was like my mentor yeah he didn't even know it <laughs> and so how did but how did that sort of all come together then? well i guess our relationship was kind of formed um remember rob um found his like po box address on the internet and he was like dude just send him like a fucking package with like all your flyers and shit in it yeah and like send him some cut six seven inches dude what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was like whoa that's cool let's do that (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah we just we chucked all this shit in a bag and sent it to him um <clears throat> i mean i forgot what it even put in there but there was like an early too far gone flyer and it had my mobile number on it and um yeah it was funny like because by this point i just got a job screen printing um for someone else just so i could learn how to do it properly yeah i was still doing stuff in the garage at home but um i just remember being at work one day like i said i almost forgot i sent this thing being at work one day and um <clears throat> My phone rang. It's just a private number. I could answer the phone at work, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And because it was a private number, I was, you know, I answered. I didn't know who the fuck it was going to be. I was just like the most boring hello you'd ever heard. <laughs> hello. Like, fuck my life. What am I doing here? This is, yeah. you know. And he's and just got a, oh, hey, is that Steve? I'm like, yes. What do you want? Kind of thing. <laughs> he's like, oh, it's Ben Brown. And then my attitude changed instantly. I was like, <laughs> whoa, really? <laughs> let me just pretend I'm going to go take a piss and then we can actually have a real conversation. Yeah, yeah. So I just went into the toilet and um, he's like, oh, just let me know I got your package. Um, oh man, you're doing great stuff, you know, like, yeah. Um, I used to do exactly what you're doing like 25 years ago, which, uh, you know, I thought that was awesome for someone yeah. to say, like, especially someone you're like, really, really into look, look you know? up to him, yeah, so, yeah. He, he's not just being like you motherfucker you ripped me off yeah right get your own fucking shit like he you know he wasn't like that he was like man this is sick like you're doing really good things like keep it up yeah so yeah just hearing someone like that say stuff like that to me was like pretty inspirational hmm. um so yeah i guess that's how um <clears throat> the relationship was kind of formed and i think you know cut sick had 
shows in Sydney maybe a few months later or something and um, he came to the show and um, Brett who plays guitar in Mass Appeal was there too yeah so you know I met all them and this is before any of their shit had been released or reissued as well yeah sure so they were kind of um, amazed that someone that was my age at the time had discovered their shit yeah right because that's you know Sydney 25 years ago and I'm like 19 and you know I don't think they'd heard or seen anyone that was that age that was into it you know yeah yeah so that was that was cool too like getting recognition from like older guys that had been there and shit which is always awesome yeah I mean I, I had the exact same thing with Josh who ended up in I Exist was in Blood Duster yeah and the first time I ever like played a show that his he was at, and he was like, "Oh, your band's awesome." Yeah. I was like, oh, "Yeah, you hell. think people your own age that say that you like you're just condescending me or you're just being <laughs> yeah, nice." Yeah. And then when someone's like 25, 30 years older than you that say it, you're like, "Fuck yeah, man! <laughs> you've seen matters. that shit before." <laughs> Respect. Yeah, yeah, I'm ripping you off. That's yeah, yeah. What I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it's so. So funny. yeah, it started like that, and then you know, obviously, the internet becomes more prominent, so. Um, <clears throat> you friends on the internet all of a sudden and then you're talking on you know in on that kind of thing and yeah I know it was just always, it was just a natural progression like it was it was been on the cards for a long time and it finally got asked to do it like a few months ago so mm. had to keep it under wraps for a while but yeah yeah I mean it was pretty good he's he's a really nice guy which is awesome yeah it's sick and how long is that running for? Uh, it's up until the 12th of February. Man. So the gallery is only open Thursday, I know, f- oh Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yep. between 11 and 4. Um, <clears throat> yeah, until February 12th. Yeah, so, yeah. You, where and which, where's the gallery? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's probably kind of important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it, helping you push this It's at, um, the Veruca Gallery, which is, I don't know why it's called that, but it's spelt R-V-C-A. It's 82 Wellington Street, Collingwood. There you go. Mad. Um, and what else? Do you have anything else like cool coming up? Any <coughs> mad shit? Uh, shit. Nah, not really. I mean, Flower, we got a new guitarist now, so I guess we're just jamming with him until we're ready to play again. Yeah. Seven Inch coming out, actually. I don't know when that's coming out. I got to do the back cover for it. <laughs> We've got a dog becoming a guest on this <laughs> program right now. Gerald's licking the microphone. That's all right. Um, yeah, cool. Well, <laughs> is there anything else you would like to promote? Your business? Uh, <laughs> without selling myself. <laughs> yeah, you're all right. <clears throat> I run a screen printing business. That's called <laughs> Too Far Gone Screen Printing. Which now is known for hosting podcasts. <laughs> 19 Arthurland Road, Northcote. There you go. Vic 3070. <laughs> <Huge>. <laughs> well, thank you very much for chatting with me. Thanks for um, talking to me. My pleasure. All right. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs>